Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. I just feel like there's someone in this room. I know this may be a challenge with the audio, and I get that. Just play softly behind me. But there's just someone in this room that representative of, of the body here. You just feel like that you that God is giving you a word of praise and of thanksgiving that I just, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now where you're at just, just to audibly thank God for what he is and means to your life. I just feel like God's wanting to, to maybe ha- have someone step out in obedience. So right where you're at, just would you offer to the Lord a thanksgiving? Just, just somebody, go ahead, go ahead, lift your voice right where you're at, somebody. I don't know who it is. I'm not, I'm not saying all of us, it's just one. Yes, you may be watching online, couldn't hear or whatever, but I just feel like there was a message that scripture tells us that, that the a gift of the spirit is a message in tongues. If someone has the interpretation of that gift, would you just offer that right now? It may have been this. I just want us to make sure that we hear God today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We heard God's word in, in this, this word there that he is worthy that all of our praise that God would encourage us through his spirit to not just sing the words on a screen that are, that, that our songs are so great and they're, they're, they bring us into his presence, but it would come from our hearts that he is worthy of everything. I just want to encourage you church that, that in moments of praise and worship, I, I said in an email to someone today or this past week about this this something that I felt like God was leading to me, uh, meeting, leading me to do. And I simply said this phrase to him. I said, you know what? If this is not God, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay to fail. <laughs> like, I, it, that's okay. But sometimes God just wants us to step into this obedience in worship. And, and you know what? It's, it's all right. That's, that's, we can pastor the move of the Spirit, right? God's given us the opportunity. So I just want to encourage you, Calvary Church, that if you feel like God's leading you to just worship, then you just worship in the way that God's leading you. That's God gives us leaders and opportunities to, to pastor and steward and help guide and correct. And that's we'll do that, and that's great. But don't, don't ever feel like this restriction on your worship and your freedom to just give God everything that he has because the words of that song that Pastor Clayton and the team led, he is worthy of it all. Like everything, everything. He's worthy of that. That's so cool. Ah, it's just good. It's just good. God's presence is great. Thank you so much for just 
being free in that worship today. God, God changes lives when we, when we do that, right? He does that. He does that. So, hey, turn around and uh, say hi and wave at somebody and tell them you're glad to see him as you're seated this morning. Thank you so much. Wow. It's been a great, great week. We are anticipating a great day. We've got a lot in store for this morning. So before we jump into anything else, um, I just want to invite some friends of mine to come and join me on the platform today. And those, those men that uh, are serving at this point as uh, the, the official church board of Calvary, Calvary Church. We had a meeting this past week where we elected some new leadership. So they're all waiting for the first one to stand. I'm just, come on. Yeah, let's just come join me here a little bit. So just everybody, all of them. Yeah. <clears throat> come on up. I feel like the price is right. Come on down. Here, we, uh, we had a great business meeting last week, and we an invited and uh, elected oh, <laughs> some strong huggers into the, uh, uh, the board, the leadership team uh, this past week, and several, I'm going to leave you out of this talk just for a second here, but several of these guys were voted in, are, are allowed through the motion of the body to, and I joked this morning, to, to increase their sentence or increase their term of leadership or whatever. And I just want to say to you, buddy, that voted to do that, thank you, because these are incredible men of God that hear from God and lead on behalf of you in that space. I'm honored to call you all my friends. It's been, it's been a fun journey, so we're getting to know each other really well. It's great. And then we voted in uh, uh, some, some fresh, fresh voice and, and vision into the team. Keith Hobson, I'm, just, I'm honored to call you my friend already. And uh, I don't know. Pastor Crabtree told me that there's some people that you, their spiritual gift is sarcasm and uh, you, you've just voted someone. No, I'm just teasing, but an incredible man of God that hears from God. And I do, I don't, I don't say that lightly and it feels, I don't, I just count you my friend, Keith, and I'm so honored that this body voted uh, Keith to serve on this board and Chris and Wesley and Victor and Jim, you, you men are my friends. And uh, we just, we're together. We said something in our last meeting together. Keith, you weren't able to be a part of this last one, obviously, just knew we'll be in the next one. There's this phrase that we are just going to have as the, at the forefront of everything we do, and that is this, listening before leading. Listening before leading. And we just make a commitment to you as leaders of this church to always listen to what God's saying first and then be um, recklessly obedient to that word that God is telling us to do. And, and we'll just obey what God is telling us and, and, and we'll do that. And that's good. So would you do me a favor? These are the men that you have voted in to, to lead into this position. And uh, would you just stretch your hands forward and let's just pray that God would lead and guide and direct them. Father, I pray blessings upon these men of God and their, their families and their wives, uh, that God, you would just guide and direct them. Give us all your heart as we seek to hear what you're saying to this body of believers. I pray that you would bless their families. I pray, pray that you would just put a hedge of protection around their kiddos, that God, the, the time that they are giving to your church, that you would return it back to them multiplied and just allow their investment into your body to be a blessing, not a, a, a liability to their families. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in and through them. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. Love you, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. As they're going down, one of the, the roles and responsibilities that, that they have along with myself is to just be the, the stewards 
of the, the different resources of the church, and one of those is the financial resources. And the truth of it is, is that God has provided leadership to be those physical stewards of God's resources. And when we come to a point in the service that we draw attention to our worship through the Lord, through our giving, I just want you to know that this body of, of men leading into this space, and myself included, we don't take that lightly, and uh, we, we do that with an uh, utmost amount of integrity and, and heaviness, good, like righteous heaviness, but a burden there that God would do that. And so as you continue to worship the Lord in your giving, uh, you may want to do that here physically. There's uh, offering envelopes in front of you in the seat pockets in front of you, the buckets on the way back. You can put those in there. You can give online, calvarytriad.com slash give, and the process there will help you walk through that, or you can text to give. 84321. You just text the amount there and give into that space. And it's, a, it's an honor to be able to be a part of the team that, that stewards that. You know, I didn't say this in the early service, but if you were in the annual business meeting um, this past uh, Wednesday, there was a moment that, uh, that Calvary Church, I think, would be appropriate for us. And I know that this is online, it'll be recorded, and we can look back at this. So last annual business meeting, you voted on, and through the nominating process, voted on leadership here at the church. And obviously, Keith was one of those those members that was voted on. But in that process, we, we kind of had a, a little historical moment in the, the life of Calvary Church, and we had uh, an incredible leader that was nominated for the leadership position of Calvary Church that uh, in that process, and, and Shirley Pitts was the first female nominated into leadership position um, here at the church. And Shirley, uh, last Sunday, just shared with me that God was she had been nominated, and God told her just to let her name run, and, and obviously, that, that, was a, that was a huge step, and so we honored her, and I'm saying that strategically into this place here this, this, this morning in our time to say that, that we just believe that God's calling is, um, is to all of us, and that God calls all of us, men and women, into leadership roles, and so we were, we were honored in that time last Wednesday night to recognize Shirley for that process in kind of a historic moment, so that was kind of fun. It was a, it was a cool, cool moment that we experienced together as a family. Well, are you ready to dive into God's word? Say amen. 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 So Mark chapter 12, verse 28 is where we're going to start here today. This is week three of our, serv- our sermon series on core, and we're talking about the vision and the values that guide us. And we started last week with the, uh, the, the first of the core values, talking about faith. The week before that, we did kind of a setup into this, this space. Um, and so today, we are talking about our second core value of generosity. But the setup of this is in Mark chapter 12. It says this in verse 28. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? That's a serious question. And Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord with your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than than these. And in this series on core, we are focusing on those two things and how they play out into the life of our church 
and into our lives individually. We started last week talking about faith, that that is the foundation. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We have to have faith there. But then the expression of our faith is so oftentimes related to our generosity. And for those of you that may be visiting here today, you've, you've already kind of had this moment in your, your spirit. It's like, oh man, the first time I've come, I've come to church and the pastor's gonna talk about money. You're right. <laughs> You're right. And here's why. Because the Bible talks about money quite often. And we are a church that believes we're going to preach the entirety of God's word. And we're going to focus on what God focuses on. And sometimes he just needs to take us and say, hey, I want, I want to improve your life in an area. And if I can shift your perspective on some things and get you to see things the way I see things, then your life will be a lot richer and greater anyway. And so today, we're going to talk about this idea of generosity. There's a phrase on the, the website, we talk about our core values. It says this, we give selflessly, believing God will supply. That's a great statement. We give, I give, families, we give selflessly, believing that God will supply. And can I tell you that that belief is not just some hope or some wish or some risk or roll the dice, we hope God, no, 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 no. We believe God will supply because we believe the whole of God's word and his scripture tells us that when we, when we sow seeds, we will reap a blessing and we'll see that today. So many of us, uh, we look at this idea of generosity and it can be like, it can be this thing where you say, oh, it's kind of painful or it's like, oh no, you're going to require me, God, to be sacrificial and oh, it's just kind of this drudge feeling. And can I just invite you for the next few minutes to, to try a little exercise with me and, and maybe just be very intentional to say, God, I'm going to just give maybe for the next 30 or so minutes an idea to say, what if my generosity, I viewed it as like this crazy, exhilarating adventure that you want me to go on and I just want to see what you will do. You see, we have in our lives different types of adventures that we've gone on that, that, that don't take difficulty to, to really ex express and understand the, the enthusiasm of that. In my own life, I've had adventures that I've been on. I, I just, I love showing, I could do like a whole dad slideshow with you today and I won't do that, but I could show you pictures hiking in the Livingstone Mountains in Tanzania with crazy youth pastors into villages to, to preach the gospel. I could, I could show you pictures of when my wife and and I just got this wild hair and say, we're going on this vacation. We're going to fly into Costa Rica and we're going to not have anybody there we're, that we know. Like usually we'd had missionaries to help us in this journey. We're going to rent a car. We're going to drive across, across the country to the beach and just have an adventure, right? I remember flying um, with my, my son to this little village called Leh, L-E-H, in the northern part of India and then a few days in there to, to acclimate there and then hiking into the Himalayas. That was a crazy cool adventure that God allowed me to take place on. I was with some other pastors in Texas and we cycled 500 miles across the state of Texas to raise money for, for missionaries across the world through Speed the Light. I remember an adventure that our family, my wife and I got to go on. We flew into China and we met this little six-year-old girl that looked at us with these eyes of, oh 
oh my goodness, you crazy white people, what are you going to, you know, whatever, that kind of deal. And, and Chloe, our little daughter, was, was, that was an adventure and still is, right? It was just this adventure that was there. I remember with my oldest daughter, Chelsea, flying to El Salvador on a missions trip and just seeing God work through her and, and blessing kids in an orphanage, all of these adventures. And then I remember an adventure that I'm going to kind of give a little tease here and tell you the rest of the story at the end of our time today. I remember Kim and I going on, on this adventure to, here we go, drum roll please, Corsicana, Texas. Yeah, that's about the response that I anticipated because there is nothing special about Corsicana, Texas. And if you're from Texas and from Corsicana, Sorry. Uh, so anyway, uh, but uh, actually there is the Collins Street Bakery. And, it, and so there you go. There's a shameless plug, but there's an incredible cookie place in course again. But I remember going to the McDonald's, really? The, yeah, okay. The McDonald's in Corsicana, Texas on one of the greatest adventures of our lives. You say, well, Pastor John, that has, makes no sense whatsoever. Well, that's so you won't leave early. And I'll tell you the rest of that story at the end. Um, <laughs> At the end of the, the message time today, McDonald's in Corsicana, Texas, there's a common thread to all of these in that it involved me going from one place in these adventures physically to another place physically. But I believe God wants to take us spiritually on a journey that would say, can we just view our generosity quotient as an adventure and say, God, what are you calling us to do? I get this 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 like kind of crazy enthusiasm when we talk about giving and generosity because I know God and I know his principles are real. And man, you talk about a way to build your faith when God speaks into your finances and starts showing you things that you thought were just so, oh, it's so depressing. And God says, no, I own the cattle on a thousand hills, the word says, and your economy is not what I, I'm not even worried about inflation and supply chain. Oh my goodness. Did I, you know, whatever, who cares? I I am God and I want to infuse your, your generosity and, and take you on this adventure. I'm telling you, God is about to push us kind of over the edge, so to speak, in our response to the values that guide us at this church. You say, well, Pastor John, I don't believe you. Well, I'm just going to tell you a story that, uh, and let you see it in real life. I told you last week that uh, throughout this entire series, we're going to see the different people in, in our church, and maybe some that are out, you know, maybe not in, but maybe we're trying to just highlight some different stories. But today, you're going to hear another story of a young man right? Ken, young man that God is using in this idea of generosity. And I'm going to invite my friend, Ken Smith, to come and join me on the, the stage here today. And, and as he comes, you guys can give him a hand here. So Ken, Ken and I met this past week. Come up here and sit with me, buddy. And, uh, Ken, I didn't say this this morning, but last week we, we heard from, uh, Edgar and Melissa and uh, it was great, great testimony. I love you guys. It was awesome. And then this week, Melissa's up here singing. Yeah. I'm just saying, there's a pattern there. I'm not sure. So next week, on the drums maybe? No, guitar, no, I'm just teasing. We so don't want that. You don't want that? <laughs> so this past week, Ken and I had lunch, and we talked about just, um, just this idea of generosity. And, and I'm telling you, this is, I'm trying to be, with, I know he's sitting right here, so I'm going to say some good things about him, right? But before I even knew this man, I saw the generosity uh, and the love and the joy and the, the reflection of God's grace 
in different things like through our online campus and different um, social media posts and the pics of a smiling face in the parking lot of someone being generous in their time and giving to people. And so when I don't take it lightly to put people in front of the church because it, you felt the heaviness of it too and there's a little bit of hesitation, but that's all right. So here's the other day when we met, you said something right off the beginning that just messed me up. And we talk about this idea of an adventure. I hadn't told you that. I didn't give you any heads up on this. I just asked to hear a little bit of your story. And the beginning of your life with Jesus was, um, it was had an interesting statement that you said to God. So tell these people kind of the beginning of your story and how that kind of ties into this. Come to get my walk with Christ. I found myself at 25 years old sitting in a drug rehab center. And I was raised in a very godly family, so I knew all about Christ. I knew the history. I knew the the love of Christ. I knew all this, but I chose not to live it. And for parents that are clinging to promises for your kids, that raise your kids in the way of the Lord, when they're old, they will not depart. Because at 25 years old, I found myself sitting there. I was in a rehab center. I was about to go to prison for a long time. And I know the next step for a drug addict is death. And I knew, God, if I died, I'm going to go to hell. So I didn't want to go to hell. So I told God, I said, God, I want to serve you. I said, it's the last thing I want to do. But I said, if you're for real, you show up. And I said, and God, the last thing I said, I'm going to live the most boring life that ever existed. (laughs) And I said, amen. And it's been one of the most incredible rides I have ever ventured into you said yeah you said that you said that the other day and i told you that god had kind of put this idea of living an adventure the great adventure of generosity he said god i want to live the most boring life ever i thought i don't know that i've ever heard that uh, commitment prayer or not but i've i've uh i've talked a lot about you with you ken and behind your back a little bit too in a good way and uh, i've heard some of the the generosity stories and quite honestly we could fill a whole hour of what god has done not, not just because of you, but in you and through you, um, the, man, it's just really cool. So there's a story that I want you to share. In fact, I think Pastor Tom gave us a picture that, uh, we had a picture of this orphanage that we we're talking about that, that you were, had an opportunity to just through some trips and some giving that, uh, you gave to, yeah, there, there's part of that building that, that, uh, some of the giving and the trips you gave to, but there was a, a support and a, an encouragement that God kind of taught you a valuable lesson about obedience as far as your support on one of these orphanage trips that I'd love for you to share with these guys. Um, how we came about to this orphanage, I was on a, with, um, with the church, to, we went to South Africa, and was doing, uh, passing out books, and we decided to go visit this orphanage one day, and there was going to be a large group of us going, but for some reason that day there was an accident on the road and we couldn't get to the orphanage. So the next day a smaller group went which meant we got to interact more with the kids. And when we first went in, everyone was kind of torn the building and I kind of focused on two little boys that was there. And those little boys had only been there for a week and how they got there was that their father came home drunk one night and took a machete and hit the, chopped the mother in the head and killed them and locked the boys up in the room. And then the boys snuck off the next day to this house called Granny's house that raises the kids. And it's kind of an orphanage that doesn't get a lot of support, and they had a lot of needs, and our church had taken them food. And I remember I asked a pastor that we went with, Pastor Desmond, I said, Pastor Desmond, how much did that food cost that we took them? He said, it was $250. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. 
I said, from now to whenever, me and Donald will continue to send you $250. He seemed overwhelmed that what we were going to do for the orphanage. Right. But I felt no joy. I felt no happiness. I felt nothing. And a few days went by and I asked Donna. I said, Donna, how do you feel about the commitment we made to the orphanage? And she said, well, you kind of made that commitment on your own. She said, you didn't ask me. She <laughs> said, but if that's what you want to do, she said, I will support you. And then I sat there for a moment and I thought, you know, God, I feel no peace. I feel no joy for this commitment I made. And then God just kind of shared with me later. He said, because you never came and asked me, God, how can we help the orphanage? Wow. You said what you could do. And when I put myself into it, the praise and the happiness, I felt nothing. But then when I reached out to God, I said, okay, God, how can we help the orphanage? I'll say this. Food is not an issue for the orphanage anymore. What I thought I was going to help maintain, God has now resolved that issue. We've been able to provide new beds for them, new dressers, uh, plenty of clothing. We've been able to build a new building for them that we're going to complete out and, and just do amazing things. So it's just been amazing that once you step out and you trust God in ways that you don't know, because I had no clue how that building was ever going to be built because I had intentions of first getting three little metal containers and putting a shed, but then that wouldn't work. And then I said, well, let's build a little bitty one-story place. And so that's what we agreed upon. And then the process of the building, the guys doing the fitness decided to dig them three feet deep and about three feet wide. And I thought, why have we wasted all this money on footings? So at that point, just somewhere in my head, I just said, let's build a second story in this building higher and bigger. I had no clue where the money was going to come from, but it was just neat seeing how God provided and the structures up today and still amazes me how the wow. means were met. Yeah. Yeah. Had to go from here to get there to see the need, listen to God. And then God is, is providing so many men in this, this room here today could probably say, yeah, I was there and I was part of that. And you guys have done incredible work there. I'm going to throw you a curveball here this morning. Ready? I didn't, whatever. Um, we didn't talk about this in the, the first service too much, but it's not just about financial. It's about our time and being generous with, with serving others. Why are you out in the parking lot every week? Why is that such a burden to you? I like being out there for the fact if, if one person comes in and I can direct or help or make you feel at home here, because I look at me, I'm a pretty basic guy. I'm not decked out, I'm not dressed, and I'm pretty <laughs> humble, so I want everybody to feel that we're all welcomed here. And, and I want everybody, because I know what it's like not to wake up with the love of Christ in your heart. And I don't want that for anybody. And it breaks my heart to see people that are lost. There you go. There you go. Thanks, Ken. Take that. I appreciate you, buddy. We, I'm gonna, I cut it short a little bit just for time, because I, I want to allow some time on the end. But there, you need to ask Ken about the story of the... The, the boys that at the orphanage that God used this team to, to see a healing in their lives and the generosity. I'm telling you, church, when, when God invades this area of our lives, it's not a boring life, right? It is not. It's an adventure. And, and even this morning, I was kind of in our area over here. I was looking over here at some of you guys that are students that were worshiping. I'm just telling you as young people and students and young men and women, learn it now. Like, 
learn it now. Start giving. Start, start just testing God in this, and, and it'll, it'll be incredible um, to see what God is doing. So how do we get there? How do we get to the place where this idea of generosity is not a drudgery, but it is an adventure? Two things today that we're going to focus on, and today is a, is a little bit of teaching, but I want to give you a lot of scriptures so that you don't hear Pastor John, but you hear God through his scripture 100% and just say, well, God, if you're saying this, maybe I should try it out a little bit. And our response today will be to ask God, what do you want us to do as a family, as an individual in this idea of generosity? So how do we get there? Number one, we return to God, the tithe. That's about the level of amen that I expected in the room there, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to faith, Pastor John. Let's talk about that and talk about Abraham and the story of Isaac, whatever. No, when, when we talk about generosity, we have to have the foundation of adherence to and following God's plan. And I love you enough to, to tell you the truth and to say, I want God to bless through our lives. But I know in God's word that starts with not, and I'm going to say a bold statement here. You'll see in scripture where this plays out, not cheating God. So, so the idea of returning to God, the tithe is actually very scriptural. If you don't know what the word tithe means, it simply means the 10th or the first 10%. There's this idea of first fruits in, in the Bible that phrase is used a lot. There's this principle of returning to God the first fruits of our earnings. Of Back then, it was of our produce, of our livestock, those first fruits ideas. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 2, it says this, dedicate to me Every firstborn among the Israelites' people, right? The first offering, offspring to be born, both of humans and animals, of everything, first fruits, they belong to me. God was saying, the first belongs to me. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, it says, God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Exodus 23, 19 says, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God, the first of our, our fruits, of our results, of our work. Proverbs chapter three, verses nine through 10 says this, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Of your increase, that verse says. Well, back then, it was agricultural uh, culture and climate. And so you're obviously the symbolism there of the barns being filled and the first fruits of harvest. For us in this day and age, it's our, our work, our wages, those things that God is blessing us through our hands. The Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. We work hard to be able to provide a living. I get that's a great. The heart work ethic is a, is a value. You, it's great. But the truth of it is the result of that work is, is a resource that newsflash, God's word says, the result of that work, it does not belong to you. It belongs to God. 
He has given you the ability to work and to have those efforts into that space. And he says to us, the first fruits, the tithe, the tenth belongs to him. That's the foundation. The book of Joshua, God tells the children of Israel to to go and conquer the city of Jericho. It's a cool story, right? We, We look at it, we think, oh, this is victory, awesome. Well, part of that story that God says to the children of Israel there is when they do conquer that city, what were they to do? They were to give all of the plunder, all of the riches, all of the things that they took from the city, give it all to the Lord. You say, well, what does that have to do with first fruits? Well, Jericho just happened to be the first city that they uh, conquered in, upon coming into this promised land. And God was establishing all through scripture this idea of the first fruit being his. Come, you say, well, how does that play out? For us, it plays out if you get a, a check for $100, the first 10%, the tithe belongs to the Lord. And in God's economy, I promise you, it plays out in real life. I'll, we'll tell you some examples here in a minute. That, that when God blesses the 90%, I promise you, it will go further than the 100% you try to budget on your own. You say, oh, that's a guarantee, Pastor John, that you're making some financial weird, whatever. No, scripture bears that out because he says that he, it, 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 the, the first fruits belong to him. We'll see later on that when we do that, that he will pour open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. You said, why are we focused so much on, on, on finances, on money? Well, all throughout God's word, there's, there's about 500 or so verses that talk about prayer, about the same amount that talk about faith and just different in specificity there, but over 2,000 verses in God's word that talk about money and possessions. It was a focus of what God was doing. Jesus' parables, he had 38-ish parables, and 16 of them talk about money or possessions. He knew that if he could, he could speak to us and say, I want to be Lord over every part of your life, that boy, you could live an adventurous life that he would bless you and he would bless through you more than you could ever imagine. You say, well, those are, those are first fruits type verses. And how do those, do those really apply to this day and age? And, and is there, there's that much seriousness to it? And I'm just here to tell you church that yes, there is. In fact, prophet Malachi said this in chapter three of his, his writings, verse eight, should people cheat God well, the answer to that should be obviously no. And then he says, yet you've cheated me. <laughs> That's a tough word, right? But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? He says, you've cheated me of the tithes and offerings. I, I love the fact that that verse dif- differentiates the two, right? Tithes and offerings. We return to the Lord our tithes and we are blessed to give him our offerings. The tithes and offerings do to me, you're under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bringing, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. Side note here, you ready? Your tithes that God is, is asking and is, is requiring of us to return to him, your tithes go to the storehouse where you receive spiritual growth and food. Your tithes go to the local church where God has allowed you to be blessed. That is a biblical principle. That's what the storehouse is. Your tithes do not go to other missions things and other, uh, your tithes come to the storehouse. Your offerings, then God says, you know what? Listen to me and you give offerings where, where I'm leading you. 
Tithes to the storehouse, offerings to where God's leading. And I believe that that principle, God uses that to really bless not only you individually, but as a church and as such the community that we're in. People say, oh, that's, that's really great. That's Old Testament teaching. I'm glad we're in the New Testament, you know, whatever. And people that say that from that verse in Malachi, and I've, I didn't even finish. Let's keep going in there. It says, the, the, uh, bring enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great. You won't have room enough to take it in. Then I love this. Try it. Put me to the test. And I'm here to say to you today, church, try it. Put God to the test. You're not testing me. Test God. He can handle it. Try it. Put him to the test. Then people say, you know, the Old Testament. Oh, that's the Old Testament. You know, two or three verses before that in Malachi 3, 6, the Bible says this. I am the Lord and I do not change. That's what he says. I'm the Lord. I don't change. So why in the world would we think that his principles of blessing and his principles of obedience somehow change? No, they don't. He says, I'm the Lord. I do not change. You say, well, there's a new covenant. Jesus comes to bring that new law. I, I get that. Jesus said, I don't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. And I'm, yes, but this, this, now we're under grace. We're under the law. Well, Jesus said that very thing. He was dealing with this same script, uh, same principle in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. He says this, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, he called them hypocrites for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Then he says this, if anyone needs to understand that this is not just an old Testament thing that Jesus himself in his words, he said, you should tithe. Well, there you go. Case closed. Let's dismiss. Let's go eat lunch, right? You should tithe. Yes. And he says, don't, but don't neglect the more important things. This is what Jesus was saying. He was saying to this church, he was saying, the tithe is foundational. Like we're not even talking about generosity yet. We're just talking about integrity at this point, right? So don't think, oh, generosity, I, I tithe. No, 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 no. That is what God says. That's, that's mine anyway. You're just not being a thief. <laughs> like, well, Pastor John, thank you for that encouraging word. That's awesome. I'm not a thief. That's great. Well, or maybe I am. <laughs> ah, you know, that can, well, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. He says, Jesus said to these leaders, he said, you, you do tithe. Great. That's awesome. But that's the foundation on which I want to bless you. Now you've, you've, you've done what I've asked you to do. You followed that pattern. Now see if I don't open up the floodgates of heaven and bless you through, because I know I can trust you with the 90, uh, the 90%. See if I don't bless you. So tithing then is the foundation. We will never be generous until we get that foundation set first. We will never see God bless our generosity if we withhold the tithe. Boy, some of you um, are giving me that look here today. You're like, oh man, I don't know. Well, I can tell you this from personal example. From, from a very early age, I remember when I had my first job, um, uh, one of my first paying jobs that I can remember was a, a landscaping job that uh, was the greenery in uh, College Station, Texas. And I was the landscaping guy. I was worked. I did the weed eater. I was an awesome trimmer, right? Whatever. I didn't 
gra- uh, graduate up to the mowers yet, but I could trim like crazy, right? Love it. And I'd get the edger out there and make it all awesome. And from the very beginning of those types of jobs, what did I do? I tithe all the time. I just tithe. Bless the first 10%, you go. We, and then, you know, give above and beyond that. I remember um, when we moved to Dallas and, and God blessed us with a, a, a nice home and we had this opportunity to invite a bunch of pastors and leaders into our home. And I had this feeling of, ah, I just, I'm not sure if I want, like, we, we had a nice home. And so I was like, ah, I just don't want people to look at that and say, oh, man, it must be nice or whatever. And God just kind of, rid, you know, just took me out behind the, the woodshed a little bit and spanked me a little bit and said, don't you dare Stop sharing the blessings that are not yours that I have blessed you with. And the reason why is because from an early age, you have allowed me to be the Lord of your finances and, and you, you just do that. And so I want to bless you, son. And so don't worry. And I said, boy, okay. Thank you, Lord. I'll just, uh, you know, kind of tread lightly there. But uh, I'm telling you, church, this is not a, hey, do so that you can get. That's not it at all. It's listen to God's word and see if he doesn't show himself faithful. And he may just be telling you to give everything away and don't buy anything. That's great. Who cares? Because I got news for you. You can't take it with you anyway. And God's going to bless through you if he'll ever change our hearts in this idea of generosity. Tithing's the first. Number two, Offering our treasures and our time. This idea of blessing. Blessing's an interesting word, but it just simply means this, that being blessing means that we are, are, are having this supernatural power working for us or within us. We're blessed that God, through, through, not through natural things, but through supernatural, he just does things through our lives that, that they just don't make sense, right? In our economy, it just doesn't add up at all. How can you, you give away X percentage and yet still, because God just says, I want to bless through you. Does this just have to do with finances? No. And that's why I prayed the prayer over these guys up here earlier about the time issues and returning to the Lord, their time, because I just believe if we'll get up, I here, ooh, I'm going to step on toes here. I didn't do this early this morning. I believe you get up in the morning and give God the first fruits of your day that God will honor you and bless you. I struggled with that as a young, young leader goes, oh, I'm not a morning person. Can I challenge you? I'm not, this is John opinion on this a little bit, but can I challenge you with that? Try it. Give God your first and see if he doesn't bless the rest. I think that principle has to do with, with, with time as well. Well, Offering our treasures and our time is the second way that now we've got the foundation of time. Now, number two, offering our treasures and our time back to the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six says this. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Verse seven, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide. One version of that says God is able, right? It's the faith that you believe God is able. He will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I love that. As the scriptures say, they they share freely and give generously to the poor, and their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the taker. No, no. God is the one who provides seed for the farmer, for the one who sows. 
and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. I love that phrase, a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. I love what God does through that. There's a, there's a story here. I think I, did I, my brain is, is missing. I'm, I didn't tell the funny story about tithing, did I? Okay. Oh, I got to go backwards in my notes. So I'm getting my service. I apologize. So sometimes we, we get, uh, we get hung up that more well, God, if you'll bless me more then it's going to hurt more. There's this, there's this scenario that I want to go backwards in my notes. Cause this is just really good. And some of you, you're going to laugh but you're going to go, ooh, that stings a little bit because I've actually said that. So there's this guy named Joe. He had a problem. And uh, so he takes it to the pastor and he says this, pastor, I'm having trouble with tithing, having trouble being generous these days. He confessed. He said, what seems, what seems to be the hangup? Pastor asked him. And Joe says, well, back when I made $50 a week, I tithed $5, which is easy. Made five, when I made $500 a week, I tithed $50, which was okay. But now that I make $5,000 a week, having a really hard time. $500 tithe is a lot of money. Will you pray for me, pastor? Well, sure, said the pastor. Let's pray. So they bowed their heads and the pastor prayed. And he said, Father, please reduce Joe's income back down to $500 a week so that he can honor you with his tithe. <laughs> I'm sure none of you have ever had that conversation with God. I have. And yet God, through his faithfulness, he just says, if you'll just trust me, son, I want to bless through you. If you'll ever get over this hangup of it's yours in the first place, then I've got so many adventures I want to take you on. I've got such an exhilarating ride for you to be on. I've got so many orphanages that are waiting to be built because I'm just waiting for the right people to respond. You say, oh, I'll do that whenever I have a business of my own and I can. No, you won't because you've never learned the principles that God wants you to have. They never wait that. You know what? There's principles of sowing and reaping. Here's a real quick little teaching I can give you this. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. You sow corn, you're going to get corn, right? You reap what you sow. You reap after you sow. It's not the, you don't sow first and I'll, I'll do that sowing, but I need to reap some first. No, 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 no. You reap after you sow. And then God's economy says this, you always reap more than you sow because God says, I will bless through you and I will let your life be an example of my blessing. Aren't you glad that God didn't look at us and he said, oh, well, let's see, what type of blessing do they deserve? That's what I will give to them. No, he took his only son that was never found with sin and he said, I will give you the first fruits of me. I will bless you and I will show you generosity through my son. And he did that for an example for us so that we could say, God, I'm so gracious. I'm so grateful for what you've done in my life that I in turn will be a reflection of your grace living in and through me. I'll give the tithe back to you. It's not mine in the first place. And then I'll ask you what you're doing. I'll do a lot of listening before leading into this. And church, God is leading us to a place into a season of this, this church. We talked about it Wednesday that when we look at our missions giving at the church, we, we did well last year. We, we did well, 
But oh my goodness, we can do better because God is not satisfied with us saying, wow, look at what we've done. I believe that in the next few years, if not this year, that Calvary Church will give a half a million dollars to missions and we will celebrate what God is doing through that. I believe that with all my heart. And God probably is just such a way that he hears us say things like that. He says, your faith is so small. Watch me. I'm going to show up and do some incredible things. Why do I believe that? Because there's a McDonald's in Corsicana, Texas. I'm going to ask the worship team. It's the weirdest altar response story you've ever heard in all your life. That's all right. The worship team is going to come and they're going to play this cool mood music behind a McDonald's story. How about that for just crazy? But that's all right. So it goes like this. And for our own personal story, Kim and I, we're living in Dallas in the area there. And I drove, uh, not the truck I drive now, but I drove another truck. I'm a truck guy. Love my truck. Yes. Somebody just got blessed. Yes, Lord. So I was driving this truck, but I took another job that was going to require me to travel quite a bit. And so I needed something with better gas mileage. I was trying to sell my truck. And that took a lot of step of faith there. Sell your truck. So I was trying to sell it. Well, I'm in Texas. You should be able to sell a truck, right? Everybody wants a truck. So I'm sitting in church one day and I was just praying. I said, God, I can't sell this crazy truck. And it's kind of like, Ken, what you said a minute ago, you did something. You're like, I'm trying to do this. And yet God said, I didn't tell you to do that. That was your plan. And God said to me that day, well, you re- the reason why you're not supposed to sell that truck is because I never told you to sell it. I'm like, well, I get to keep my truck. That's all. I'm going to go buy a car. And they said, no, no, no. I didn't tell you to sell that truck. I told you to give it away. Yeah, that was the pain I felt too. The, the, the more pain of that is how can you give away something you don't own? You understand that? I was upside down in that truck, man. It wasn't worth what I owed. I owed right at, it was about $11,800 that I owed on this truck. You cannot give away something that you don't own. So I did a lot of prayer. Cliff Notes version of this is I went to people, godly men. I went to them and said, hey, give me some counsel. This is what I'm supposed to do. And godly men, even in that space, told me some financial maneuverings to try to figure out a way to, well, sell it and then get the, you know, buy a smaller truck. And, get, and, I, and I knew what God told me to do was give that truck away. I can't do it. I don't own it. So I made a really stupid financial decision in the world's mindset. I was a young leader at the time and it didn't make any sense, but yet when you listen before you lead, God shows up. And so I put about $12,000 worth of debt on credit cards at like a 20% interest rate on this. Kids don't do that. Don't do as I say, not as I do. We finance, we put all the debt of this truck on a, on credit card and got the title to this truck and drove to a little McDonald's in Corsicana, Texas. The reason why that was significant is because right down the road from that McDonald's, I had told this youth pastor that was there that I knew in the, la- the previous weeks, he had sold the car. He and his wife were, had a couple kids and they, they sold the car and gave all the money in this car to missions to speed the light. And they were doing one car and God was using their sacrifice to bless this church. And it was a crazy cool story. And I had heard from afar what was going on and God said, give your truck to that guy. And I fought and did the whole thing. We drove to McDonald's in Corsicana, Texas. And we sat at that, that restaurant, Kim and I, and we, you know how it is when you kind of, if you've never experienced a faith step, it's scary, but it's so fun. And you're sitting there and you're just like, I'm just, I'm just like ready to do this, right? It's so exciting. 
and we talked to him, and uh, his name is Matt, and he's a dear friend to this day, and, and uh, we, our story is pretty cool how this, there's a huge story here, but I'll tell you the pieces of it that are important. I slid that title across the table at McDonald's and, and gave him that truck, handed him the keys, and he's weeping, and just, it was just a cool moment. And we had that awesome, exhilarating time where God used it to do some cool things at their church. And then Kim and I got in her car and drove back home and realized we had $12,000 of debt on a credit card and nothing to show for it. And so we began to pay. I, you know, whatever we were thinking that we were going to begin to pay all this stuff. I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, I want to be generous, but this was so crazy. We should have done this bad move. Few weeks later, Kim gets an invite to a family reunion of uh, some family members on her biological father's side. That she had the relationship was was strained for a season there in her life and hadn't seen this family for close to twenty years. And uh, her grandmother um, asked her to come to this this family reunion in San Antonio, and she went. I wasn't even able to go. She went with my sister down to this family reunion. I'll never forget. She called me from that family reunion. And I could tell she was weepy in her voice. She said, John, you'll never believe what just happened. She said, so this grandma who I haven't seen in 20 years just came and kind of did this whole I love you, Kimmy type thing. And she's like, oh, cool. I don't even really know you. You know, it's awkward. And she handed her a little Hallmark greeting card or whatever. And she said, I opened up that Hallmark greeting card. And there's a cashier's check in there made out to me for $12,000. And I'm sitting there going, thank you, grandma, (laughs) you know, whatever. I'm telling you, church, from that day forward, we've been on this adventure since that day forward to say, God, what's next? What's next? How can you lead me? How can you use what you're blessing me to be generous, to give to other people? I want to reflect the generosity of God that you've displayed to me. Sometimes it's through financial things, but a lot of times it's through other things like relationship and health. I've got a picture in an old Bible in my office of my son. My son, when he was born, a little baby, I got a picture there and on the back of it I said, there's this testimony that God told us to do something crazy and to go without health insurance right before the birth of my son. And I couldn't afford to do that and I couldn't afford not to. It was just a crazy thing. And there was a verse in Exodus where God says to the people, if you'll obey my commands and do what I tell you to do, I'll keep you from all sickness and disease. And God spoke to me in that day, said, you step out in faith and do what I'm asking you to do. I'll take care of your family. That 22-year-old miracle picked me up from the airport and dropped me off this weekend, and he's given more to missions right now, almost as much as his dad is. Why? Because God's faithfulness and greatness is true. And when we allow God's generosity to flow through us, boy, God's got an adventure to take us on, church. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, that challenge is, is great and that's good, I'm just going to be bold enough to say, I don't know what God's telling you to do not my place. But I do know this, there's ministries in this church that just uh, would benefit from the generosity that God wants to show through you. I hesitated to even say this, and Pastor Tom, I'm going to steal thunder that we're going to talk about in May a little bit. But God is stirring Pastor Tom and myself to lean into this uh, renewed missions effort. And you're going to hear this phrase, kingdom builders, a lot. 
And you're going to hear this idea of us being very serious about what God's doing in Kingdom Builders. And this past week, some of the leadership of the church decided to give some seed into that fund that we're going to see God do some incredible things. And uh, I'm excited to see what God's doing in and through that because God wants us to be a blessing to, to other churches in this community. God wants us to be a blessing to orphanages all over this planet. God wants us to be a blessing to people that we don't even know about through our missionaries that we send out from this church. And it, and it makes us just have that in, enthusiasm to where just like I said at that crazy McDonald's in Corsicana, we're scared to death. And yet we're saying... All right, there's a great adventure in generosity and God's calling us to that principle where he would allow us to experience that as well. I'm telling you, church, when we understand faith, when we understand generosity, now we can flow in the vision that God has given us. Would you stand with me all across this room? Worship team's gonna sing a song at the end and it's just basically a song that that allows us to have that posture of God, whatever I have, I give to you. And I don't know where you're at, but I do know this, that, that, that sometimes when we hear and see and, and see what God's doing in and through these stories of God's faithfulness, that he just asks us to respond. And so I'm going to be bold enough to say, you know, we've already received the offering and, and the tithes, but if God's leading you again, that's the beauty of our technology. You can give again right there. CalvaryTriad.com slash give or 84321. I don't know what that is. And quite honestly, God doesn't need your money. Doesn't. But he wants our hearts. And Luke's gospel says, where your treasure is there, will your heart be also. And I'm just crazy enough to say, hey, church, what would happen if we say, God, here's my heart, here's my treasure. Let's be generous. If you're here in this room and you say, you know what, the generosity that you talked about that God has displayed through his son, I've never really begun that relationship in the, in the past. And maybe today, even in this, this, this topic of generosity, you say, you know what, I want to respond to that. Maybe in this room or online with us, and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus. You heard from Ken, it's not a boring ride. It's an adventure, and you want to start that adventure. Church, just for, for focus and not so there's distract, distraction, would you bow your head to close your eyes in this room? I'm going to ask a question in the room and online. If you're here and you say, I want to begin that relationship with Jesus today, I'd love to begin that journey. Would you pray with me? Would you just lift your hand in this room? I'd love to pray a prayer with you in this room. Any hands? If you're online, there's a way to click that button there, and they'd love to pray with you as well. Please respond. All over this room, I'm watching. We're just going to say a prayer real quick. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. I see it. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Church, pray this prayer with me. And if you've raised your hand, man, we would love to pray with you after service. Come grab me or one of these prayer workers that were up here earlier or anybody that has the here to serve tag. We'd love to agree together with you. Church, would you pray this with me? And if you raised your hands, join your faith with this prayer as well. We just repeat this prayer. God, I love you. I thank you for your son, Jesus. Died on that cross to pay the price for my sins. Forgive me of my sin. I want to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. If you prayed that prayer in this room or online for the first time, we said it earlier, the Connect card also has a way for you to connect with us, and we would just love to take those next steps with you on that journey. Please don't allow that time to get away and that we don't do that. I'd love to connect my heart with yours in that journey as well and just walk this road of generosity out with you. It's an incredible adventure. So if God's speaking to you in the area of generosity, let this song just to be a commitment time. And I'm just going to encourage you, respond. Do what God's telling you to do this morning. Pastor Clayton.